should be live now. Setting up your meeting for Facebook Live. No, I haven't made a page for the. I haven't made like Insta. I haven't made social medias for the actual page or the the podcast itself. Is it up? Um, just because it it's already been so hard to like get followers for this page, right? Um, so it's like, all right, I want to get to a certain point with this one before I start trying to like rebuild. Um. Cause like I have 200 and something followers or subscribers on YouTube. We're live by the way. Okay. Um, I have like 200 something subscribers on YouTube, but you know, if I started a new podcast page, I'd be lucky to get half of those people to switch over. You know what I mean? Just to follow the trickle. Are you there bud? Proc, where'd you go? Hold on. What did it do? Freeze? I'm still here. Okay. Well, did you hear me? You were talking about the amount of followers you had on the uh, on the Facebook and the uh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like to start, I'm already kind of spammy with my invites to pages and stuff. And I know if I start another page, like, hey, here's my podcast page. It's just going right. to be hard to like rebuild that too. So I guess I'm just waiting for a certain point to be like, all right this is that this is this i might end up switching my youtube over to you know this is not a scott cast right but welcome rock allen comedy to this is not a scott cast appreciate you having me on bud how the fuck are you doing man <coughs> doing all right i guess you know just doing what i can do same as everybody else yeah yeah just sitting on your front porch, uh, drinking a mixed drink, smoking cigarettes, chain smoking cigarettes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> different day. That's cool, man. That's cool. I'm uh, saving a lot of money because I'm not, you know, at comedy clubs or at bars buying rum and cokes. It's a lot cheaper <laughs> to buy them at home. I mean, I always carry a flask with me, unless you know you book me, then I definitely don't have a flask. But um, <laughs> a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper. <laughs> No, yeah, it definitely is a lot cheaper to eat at home and to drink at home and to do anything at home. I'll tell you what, man, since all this crazy bullshit started, I'm taking the trash out like every other fucking day. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I've but, been doing laundry like every other day. Well, we're, we're not going anywhere. So, I mean, laundry, I'm wearing like <laughs> fucking shit I don't care about. You know? <laughs> It's like in the rotation, I got like four Zeppelin shirts, three NWO shirts, three Joker shirts, and four Tool shirts. <laughs> and then uh, I have another shirt that says, ouch is not a safe word. And that's pretty much all I ever wear on stage is one of those. That's probably pretty much all your closet is anyway. You probably only have like three dress shirts. No, you'd be surprised. I got a number of dress shirts. Uh, and I got some shirts when I coached the kids' soccer teams, you know. Okay. That was a long time ago, though. I feel like every time Isn't I've that seen... a scary thought? Yeah. That I used to coach children? Yeah. That's terrifying. A, I was a good coach. Fuck you. I was a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time I've seen you out at Hard Times or, or Comedy Zone, when you came to Fredericksburg, you were wearing a tool shirt. Yeah. It's, it's in that... the rotation. <laughs> Is that your favorite band? No, nah, Led Zeppelin. Well, Led Zeppelin, it's cool. It's just, 
some people say, you know, you got a drinking problem if you sit by yourself in the dark and drink and listen to music. It's just that's my my meditation. You know, that's where I go off into my head space and I start writing and then I'll right. cut the music at some point. And I, you know, everyone writes different, but I always write on my voice recorder. Um, it's a lot, a lot easier for me, I guess. I tried the voice notes doing talk to text, but then I got to decipher where, you know, they put goat in there. And I'm like, I'd never said goat. Goat doesn't fit. So now I got to figure out words and shit. So is that like a separate app? Voice notes? Uh, your phone should have already had one, but if not, you can download okay. a free one. Okay, okay, okay. No, I, I know what you're talking about, like a like a voice to text on your phone. And then you yeah, just do it. That's do that garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's garbage. what I'm saying. That shit's usually garbage. Then I need a Captain Crunch decoder ring. <laughs> the Captain Crunch decoder ring. And then Yeah, gotta, I'll go back and try reading it. Yeah, and then you gotta you know to get that, you gotta get on eBay. Now you're bidding for 1970s Captain Crunch at two o'clock in the morning. You know, your eyes are bleeding. Can't stop masturbating. Like it owes me money. Like it owes me money. Because <laughs> I know whenever I'm researching retro cereal boxes, I get a hard on. Uh, just those Bruce Jenner ones, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just those Bruce Jenner ones. Yeah, the Wheaties box. This episode was brought to you by Count Chocula. Back when his pole vaulting meant something different. <laughs> That's funny. Is that a joke you have? Is that something you say on stage? I just said it. Okay. That's beautiful. I don't generally make fun of uh, gay people or trans people. I, I'm of the... Everyone's got a right to be happy. And not only that. I'm going to say some fucked up shit anyways. And I like making people laugh when they don't want to. Right. And you've seen me perform and that's my whole thing. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to offend or hurt anybody. I just want to laugh and I want other people to be able to laugh at themselves, especially themselves. Cause I'm making fun of them. Right, right, right. But you don't want to necessarily be at someone's expense or like to put someone down. No, put someone down. No, at someone's expense is a little bit different. Cause to me, there's a lot of people out there that have a sense of humor about themselves and their lifestyle and how they're living life and whatever you have to. Yeah. Um, life is traumatic. And I feel that, you know, half the people go down the, the, the wrong path and they drown it in uh, addiction, whether it's pornography or cigarettes or alcohol or drugs or whatever else. The other half, they're deluding themselves thinking that their addiction is healthy for them. And some of them are, but we call them hobbies. I mean, that's all it really is. is we're finding different ways to stimulate our brains. Bide the time. And yeah, stimulate. people bird watch. My parents bird watch. You know what I mean? And, and they, they love it. So more power. I can buy bird books for Christmas and shit. <laughs> they say people who like to bird watch that there's like a, there's like a certain erotic nature to it. There's like a yeah, because when I think of my seventy-year-old parents, I think an exotic nature. No, yeah, erotic. <laughs> it's just erotic what they do. Nature. <laughs> erotic nature. Sorry. <laughs> and anytime, anytime I hear someone say that about bird watching, it makes me think about Nikola Tesla and how he was in love with a pigeon. 
I mean, if the pigeon had a limp or couldn't fly, all the power to him. <laughs> so first, you got to catch the pigeon, then you fuck the pigeon. Bird food. There's got to be some like crackhead sensei in New York somewhere that's like, you must catch the pigeon. <laughs> he just. He just goes to the same company that helped out uh, Wiley Coyote and he gets a box of that bird feed and just puts <laughs> it on a little pile for some pigeon sex, apparently. I don't know. For pigeon sex. Yeah. Man, I would watch that porno. I'm going to be honest with you. It's dark days, man. People are getting to like page 422 on Pornhub now. It's yeah. like, God damn. Just pick one. Everybody's got OnlyFans. I'm starting. Well, I'm thinking about I, starting one. Okay, so the whole cam girl thing, you know, it blows me away, especially the ones that got these monstrosity like dildos on the bed with them. And it's like when I see a woman doing that, it's like I've never seen someone wreck a car <laughs> while they're in the process of trying to sell that car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it drives good. Boom. <laughs> like throwing a tic-tac down a hallway. Man, I've never seen anyone try to sell a car while they're also, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. That's one of the ones I've been uh, kind of working with. It's um because a lot of the comics, you know, I appreciate the promotions and everything. It's, my uh, social media is not that uh, big. I mean, I got... Uh, I'm on not on Insta whore or Snapchat or TikTok. It's just I, I got to redo my social media. But one thing I did do that I'm still waiting to pay dividends on, but it's not working yet, is uh, I can be found on Pornhub uh, as Dick Dastardly Seven Five Seven, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun making comments on the videos there. A lot of fun. Uh. It's kind of like a good writing exercise to go write comments like that on porn or like news articles. I used to do that a lot with Vice articles. That's actually how I got a lot of Facebook followers. It's just like basically using Vice article headlines as um, as as like a writing prompt. A premise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, no one's looking at Pornhub more now. You know, I mean, it's at max capacity they're giving out free premiums and everyone's at home so i'm waiting for dick dastardly to take off i'm having fun though and um, how, is, how is that spelled dick dastardly it's like the cartoon character dick yeah. d-i-c-k dastardly huh. d-a-s-t-a-r-d-l-y seven five seven my area i put my picture on there too fuck i don't give a shit yeah because you're in the uh you're you're in the seven five seven. You're down in Norfolk, Hampton Roads, Hampton Roads area, Newport News. Have you been staying in touch with many of your uh, local comedians? Your, your not, not really. No, I've done a couple. I've done a couple Zoom shows with a couple of them. Uh, mixed results, mixed bag. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have some good friends I play Call of Duty with. Usually, when I do the Zoom shows, they'll come check it out. So, when you know, it's not just you and the comics. It's, I'm bringing five to twelve people that you know have the etiquette down and pay attention and shit. 
But, right, um, right. For the most part, nah, man. I've, I'm treating this kind of like how I was. Things were going on, at, you know, before things started going on anyways. I could perform my comedy one or two nights a week and come home and stay to myself. You yeah. know, it's my family and family time, game time, writing time, drinking time. So you're very much keep to yourself anyway. Yeah. What's I mean, this? I, 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 I like fucking interacting with other comics, you know, same mindset kind of people. And I got, right. so I've made some good friends in the comedy community here uh, and in other places as well. But eh, I'm good with just chilling. I know what you mean. Uh, so what, what, uh, what system are you playing on? You playing Call of Duty? PS4, yeah. Okay, PS4 is definitely the way to go. I've been playing Fallout 4 on PS4. Right, we got some people that play that. What's your, uh, uh, what's your, what's your gamer tag so people can follow you? I, I got a problem with my gamer tag. Uh, I go on Black Ops 1 on the PS3, I think it was, or PS2. Oh, no, it was a long time ago. I started, the way I play is I'd pick up dual pistols or dual submachine guns and I changed and I changed my gamer tag from Ravager to uh, dual wield my penis <laughs> and uh, I had that for 11 years and then like a month ago I got a message from PlayStation saying that my name was against their community standards oh. so I had to change it so I'm old man dual damn dual wield yeah, my sucks, penis man. is pretty funny I don't I don't understand the whole fucking against practices shit, especially because I had it for like nine years. But like I had an issue on Pornhub when I logged on to Dick Dastardly. And uh -huh. uh, apparently I was banned from making comments for two weeks because uh, apparently whatever I said on Anal Blaster Volume 7 was a bit too harsh. Huh. And it's like, I don't get it. And then uh, at another time I got into it with another person. They didn't. I made a joke about how I like watching uh, porn star August Ames. She's my favorite to masturbate, but only because she committed suicide. Uh -huh. And uh, he took issue with that, I guess. His sister, you know, I think his name was uh, Sister Fister 208. Sister Fister 208. So, and I looked up 208. Their area code's Alabama, so that made sense to me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was funny going back and forth. And I love leaving the comments, man try to be as original as possible you know people are like uh some of the stuff you say is like picking low-hanging fruit and it's like i don't know if you can tell us or not i'm not mexican i'm gonna pick the fruit that's the easiest to get <laughs> <laughs> gotta hurry up and get this fruit and get out of here senior rock senior senior oh uh, <laughs> so that's dick dastardly 757 if anybody wants to follow rock and check out his playlists that he's uh, culminated for you. That's that's the new that's the new making a mixtape for somebody. I made you uh, this. Um, I made you this Pornhub playlist, girl. <laughs> this is all the things <laughs> I want to do to you. Oh uh, shit! You gotta have the right background music. Some Marilyn Manson. <laughs> gotta have the right. I should do uh, should do the Benny Hill theme song. Something ha ha happy and up upbeat as they're getting their fucking colon rearranged. Yeah, it's it's like it's just like a fast forward of like me fucking and like the dog keeps trying to lick my ass and I keep running around the room from the dog. 
It's kind of like if a, you're gonna go, if you're gonna go that route, go smooth and creamy. Don't go crunchy. Crunchy would provoke uh, biting. I think. <laughs> um. So you've you've been playing a lot of video games, then, huh? Yeah. Um. That and writing. I'm always writing. Yeah. I just have issues with my brain. You know, seven concussions. I have a hard time retaining information, even right. if I just wrote it. So it's like nothing will ever translate to stage the way that it is written. Right, right, right. But I've had a lot of success riffing off of shit, too. Um, so you were saying before we started that you kind of wanted to talk about the mechanics of writing a joke. Yeah. Everyone, I mean, yeah, I guess everyone does their, their own thing as far as laptop or phone or voice notes or, or whatever, but I'm talking about the actual process. Right, 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 all right. What are you doing, cleaning your room? No, well, I was trying to get over closer to the door so I can smoke a cigarette. All right, gotcha. Because I'm also an addict. All right, I gotcha. So, um, actually, to go off topic for a second before we start talking about writing, I know that you're really in the Eastern philosophy and it's something that you helped to get me into. And um, I listen to a life lot of- changer. What's that? It's a life changer. Yeah, 100%. And I think a lot of like the concepts in like Buddhism and like um, even like in hermetics and stuff like that, that they kind of go hand in hand with comedy and um, performing. But, um, but I listen to a lot of Alan Watts right okay. we're, about to, we're about to smoke a cigarette listen to alan watts and he's talking about like gurus and how you know people like americans will go to guru land and they'll expect the gurus to be these like very holy people and then kind of after their course they'll see the guru with a girlfriend or smoke a cigarette and um alan the way alan watts explains it is that it's like the guru if the guru gives up all his vices, then he will cease to manifest. Like he won't exist anymore. Does that make sense to you? It's their way of getting away with doing what they want while still preaching what they want to preach. <laughs> I mean, now pass the collection plate, Rock. Well, I mean, if you, Buddhism, for example, one of their prime edicts is something that pretty much kind of goes against everything a comic stands for and does as far as don't say anything uh, out of negativity or, or doesn't serve a positive purpose. And but that's the thing is, as comedy does serve a positive purpose. I'm trying to make- I know, that's how, that's how I lied to myself about it too. I'm a shitty Buddhist. That's, I mean, I'm sticking with that. Shitty Buddhist should be on my gravestone. See, but even some of the introduction to Buddhism that I've read and learned, one of the core things that I was taught was to take like, Take it with a grain of salt. What resonates with you, hold on to that. If something doesn't necessarily resonate with you, then don't don't feel the need to like force that. Right. Um, so I feel like that ties into, you're not a shitty Buddhist. It's just, you're holding on to what makes sense to you. Yeah, I still like shitty Buddhist though. <laughs> oh. Sid, Sid Bridge from down your way. He, yeah. him and I actually spoke one day. I was, um, I was like studying, um, like Jewish mysticism and Kabbalah and things like that, and kind of like the concepts of speaking 
uh, the universe into creation, like words are magic, words shape perception, et cetera, et cetera. And he, he told me this story about, um, it's like a, like a holy man, he points out like three comedians, uh, like three speakers who are like comical speakers, I guess, and uh, gives them praise for like using their power with words to try to make people laugh, to try to like lighten the mood. That so I'm sure I'm sure if Sid heard this, he'd be like, "You're butchering the hell out of this." But uh, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I feel there is a certain like. I don't know. There's just some, there, there. There is something spiritual about it, don't you think? Yes. I mean, I don't subscribe to the whole laughter is the best medicine, uh, right. especially when it comes to like shit like syphilis. But um, <laughs> laughter does heal all wounds. I I, I think. To laughter and time. Yeah, it's that whole. I don't know. I, I just think that I think faith is a beautiful thing. It doesn't matter what you're subscribing to. And as long as you're not a dick, you're not pushing it on other people. Right. Um, like overly righteous. Just live your life. Be the person, the good person you want to be. Uh, wish everyone else. Well, that, that's to me, that's how I guess my spirituality fucking reigns. It, it, it's, you know, I say horrible shit to make people laugh, and that's fucking difficult as shit to do sometimes. Uh, but I have fun. Uh, I'm the name of the game of this is fun, and I'd actually throw laughter in as far as that addiction side too. Yeah, because all all comics are addicted to laughter, and there's a lot of people that just all they do is watch stand up, you know, or or funny TV shows or movies. You know, that's that's all they want to do is laugh. And, you know, it doesn't matter what shit's going on in your life. Laughing erases that just for a little while. Yeah. It does, well, it's this because this goes back to like Eastern philosophy or like Ram Dass, you know, be here now and Buddhism. It's all, it's all about living in the now, uh, you know, in excess. All we got is this moment. The, the, the past and the future are just concepts. The past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is now. So what laughter allows you to do is get locked in that moment. You're, you're, you're a part of your own happening as opposed to like hypnotized by this or, you know, you know, having a conversation with someone, but really in the back of your head, you're going through a million thoughts. Laughter and comedy really gives you that moment to, to find a moment to get again, you know what I mean? To live in a moment, even if it is for just a brief moment. Right. What was the uh, in excess quote you just used? All we got is this moment. Did Michael Hutchins whisper that to his belt? <laughs> it's uh, I need you tonight. I need you tonight. All we got is this moment. 21st century is yesterday. Fucking belt of death. <laughs> Remember, kids, if you're into an autoerotic asphyxiation, make sure you use a spotter. <laughs> well, Rock, that's why I got you on the podcast. That way everyone can get your contact info and message you in case they need a spotter. Yeah. That's not for me. 
That's not for me. Nah. Wouldn't that be a cool job to get paid as a spotter? As a spotter for autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, that'd be uh, be great. It'd be different. It'd be so many many movie stars you'd meet. (laughs) Right before they die. I love Hogan's Heroes. You like oh, that reference? Did yeah. I surprise you with that? <laughs> yes, you did. I'm like, wow. You're way too young for that. I know nothing. I see nothing. <sighs> That's me in the back while uh, Hogan's autoerotic asphyxiating. <laughs> I know nothing. I see nothing. <laughs> I see nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So you wanted, you wanted to talk about writing a joke. This is not a Scott cast. This is a rock cast. So. Well, like, all right, so prime example, uh, you either stumble across something as a headline or on TV or in, in a conversation with somebody. And uh, playing Call of Duty, uh, one of my buddies announced to everybody that someone knocked on his door that day and had to inform him that he was a level three sex offender and was moving into the apartment complex. Now, when you're and as soon as he said that, I lost my shit. We all started laughing and joking about it. Now I've started working this into a bit that I'm playing with. I still got a long way to go, but this is the beginning process. And it's like when you're playing video games and you hear the word level three sex offender, my first thought was like, how did he level up? You know, <laughs> a, you know he started off as like a level one sex offender. And, you know, he... You, did whatever and got to put skills in the skill trees, you know? So like level one, he would have like church candy. He'd be trying to talk kids into the van with. Yeah. And then when he leveled up, he put that skill point into uh, candy. And then now, now as a level two sex offender, he's got better candy. Yeah. <laughs> he's got better candy. He's yeah. got king size butterfingers now. He's got like, can't, no, uh, that's high level. That's high level. That's like level 15. Okay. Level two, he's probably got like candy corn. You know, okay. he went from church, you know, the, the hard candies in an old woman's purse at church. And that's right. a hard sell to get any kid at. You right. know, like maybe level three finally advanced to where there's originals. And it's like, <laughs> it sucks because the only kids you can get are the fat ones, you know, the ones with diabetes. <laughs> and then, and then once you get them in the van, they're a pain in the ass because then they're saying shit like, don't put that in me. And <laughs> I need and my insulin. <laughs> I don't want to go to Mr. Epstein's house. He levels up his van. You know, he gets to put a fucking Scott's plumbing sticker on the side of it. <laughs> uh, Everyone. Fr- and then, you know, like I said, it's just playing around with that and trying to make it relatable. A lot of people play video games where you level up in skill trees and right, shit. Right, right. So but I'm yeah, still playing with that. But doing writing jokes kind of works in the same way as a skill tree. It kind of because you get like a premise and then it kind of becomes a tree. You know, you yeah. get like you get a premise and then you start getting lines and you're like, all right, well now how do I sequence these? Everything starts branching out. Uh-huh. That's how you do your callbacks. And not only that, but like I've been doing comedy for three and a half years. And if I can do a callback to a new joke now to something I started three years ago 
Yep. You know, it, it, it helps out. You know, I I'm able that. to slip material in at any given moment because of how the set's going. Right, right. Yeah, I love being able to make my jokes like interchangeable and being able to weave them in and out of each other and connect. Well, I'm going to, once I get the leveling of the pedophile joke up where I want it, then, uh, you know, it gives me a chance to gauge how it went with the crowd. And I'll be right. able to, you know, if you didn't like that pedophile joke, then you guys are really going to love this joke. And then I'll bring up how many women go missing in a year. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, check a fake watch or whatever. Like, bang, someone just went missing right there. <laughs> There's numbers. We got to get those numbers up. Because way too many women are being abducted who are bad at sex. <laughs> like, in movies, you ever seen the, the fucking snaky guy grab a woman and put, put the woman in front of the danger? yeah yes no okay yeah. my and like they're together you know they're a couple and he does that i think that's because she gives bad blowjobs and that's his one <laughs> way out right right he's like uh i felt guilty about breaking up with you so like here's a here's my out yeah it's like you know you don't commit throat terrorism on yourself you give shitty blowjobs <laughs> you like lick <laughs> You lick it like it's a Jolly Rancher you found on the kitchen floor that's been sitting there for two minutes. Throat terrorism. Out. That, throat that, see, terrorism. that's a joke I wrote a long time ago, and I really enjoy throat terrorism because some people will immediately know what the fuck I'm talking about. But how much have you expanded on that joke? Which one? The throat terrorism? Yeah. Uh... I've used it in different ways. Uh, the way I first started it was, I say some, I'll start off a set with some jokes about race, different races. And then I'll be like, I don't want anyone thinking I'm racist. Uh, I'm actually in a, in a racial marriage. My wife's half Cherokee Indian and half redneck. And then, uh, you know, I, on our second date, cause I sealed the deal on the first date, I make a wicked cosmopolitan. I thought I'd have her come over and reward her for that trail of tears blowjob she gave me the night before. <laughs> and, and I'll mention throat terrorism in there. You're I'm just, just saying, ladies, you want your man to treat you right and treat you like a queen, then every now and then you got to wear the cheap eye makeup that runs. <laughs> try it. Just try it, ladies. You'll see. It'll work. You'll be like, God, this does pay dividends. So uh, one of the best things to do, and I mean, you, you know, you and I already do this naturally, but when you're first starting off writing comedy or if you're, I mean, or just now, if you're an experienced writer, when you get like that premise or that joke, you kind of find the theme or key words of your premise. And then yes. you go make, you go make <laughs> a word, a word bank. And then it just, then everything starts clicking. You know what I mean? And well, um Sometimes I'll have a word, throat terrorism, and I'll be like, I need to work that in somehow. Or I'll, I'll write something out and I'll, I'll write something specifically for that. Or like you're saying, a word bank, I'll write the set and I'll be like, all right, what words can I change? What, what, what can I substitute here that's going to be original or cringy or just funny or fucked up instead of just a regular word? Right. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to go for that next line that's going to send it over the top and make it just that extra silly. Like, I, I haven't used it yet, but I want to use uh, when I'm writing a joke about domestic violence. Uh, instead of using the words domestic violence, you know, a case of the get right. A case of the get right. Yep. I, I like I like that a lot better, you know. But yeah, it's I do do the word bank thing, and sometimes I just stumble across a word, or come up with something, and I'm, I'll I'll just write it down in my notes by itself. And yeah, then, just kind of like how your wife stumbles into a door. <laughs> you clumsy bitch. <laughs> oh man. But um, no, it's, to me, writing's the funnest part. I love performing it. And yeah. I'm not saying I want to be a writer, but I know when I have something. Right. I might, right. And then when I perform and it doesn't get what I want it to, I just know that I don't have it where I want it yet. Right. Because if, if I thought about it, if it came to me or whatever, I, I know I have something. Yeah. You know, and even if it's something that, that's old as shit and you've scrapped, I, I, I don't throw away anything. I, I hold on to all of it because, like I said, it gives callbacks. Plus, you know, you write in a new new set and you realize it branches, you know, on the, the tree, skill tree. It branches right next to something you wrote a long time ago. So you can interchange things. You can bring up, you know, things from, from long ago. Uh, you can rework stuff. But but writing's real fun. And like the first time I ever did stand up, uh, my wife was she, she found a, a bar owner friend of hers <laughs> that was cool enough to have me on and let me do comedy. I did 45 minutes my first night. But Damn. it didn't go well. It wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, I got some good laughs, but I mean it wasn't good as far as you know, now when I look back, it's like, yeah, I like some of the jokes, but I didn't like how it played. Right. But uh, it's like the night before, my son asked me if he could help because he saw I was writing. I was like, yeah, man, I need you to time this. I'm just going to kind of read it out, get a gauge of how long this will take. And I think what took me three and a half hours to write and edit the way I wanted it to go turned out to be like four minutes. Yep. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Especially like, when you first some... start. I think people overthink it. Yeah. Yep. If you got a funny premise, you can, you know, go up there bare bones and play with it. And the people that aren't going to stick with it, they're going to drop out anyways, you know? Yeah. And then you got some people that will definitely put work in and uh, they stick around generally. Some of them it, are good at it. Some of them get good. It's, it's really cool to see someone start to blow up too. You know what I mean? Right. So who or was starting start, to make that change? Who was starting to blow up and, and y'all seen before everything happened? Who was getting that good momentum? Uh, I mean, I'm not thinking of anyone in, in particular. There's a lot of people I like. There's a yeah. lot of people I like that don't get booked. Um, yeah. I don't get booked. <laughs> but that's, you know, they found they don't like my style of comedy. And that's fine. You know, I generally do well at metal bars and shit like that. Have you ever sent your, uh, like, your tight fives into Skankfest? No. I uh, I have almost everything, if not video recorded, then I 100% have it voice recorded. I'll 
hit record on my phone the second I take the stage. And uh, I had sent you some of the like comic book renderings of me. Yeah, uh, a long while back, uh, black and yeah. white. Yeah, and you've been making like the comic strips of your jokes. Yeah, so I, I can actually, I need to go through all of my stuff, but I don't necessarily have a tight five of me on on stage video wise. Yeah. Because uh, when I recorded everything in the beginning, the, the audio quality wasn't that good. So, you know, it's one of those things you learn when you start, when you're starting out. Yeah, there's definitely more to it than you realize. Um, and then like with writing and performing, there's just, it, it just, there's a lot of intricacies and layers that come to it. The more you go on that, if you want to be a good comedian, then you have to learn these kind of advanced things and you have to remember to do them and, and remember your taglines, remember your, your keywords and your, you know. How many times have you walked off stage and as you're walking off, you're like, I forgot this, I forgot that. 100, all, so many times. I'll do uh, sometimes a set list on my phone or a napkin, and put uh -huh. it on the stool next to my drink. But then the problem is once the drink's in my hand, I don't ever like go to put it back down. I'll just glance right. over. And sometimes that helps especially if I'm more or less, I have the premises and the punches and the tags and I'm just riffing. Um, that works out. Okay. But like I said, my, 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 my brain is shit. Yeah. You know, retention is bad. I told my son today, you know, cause he told me something. And then uh, I think 10 seconds later, I asked him that same question. And then he looked at me funny and I'm like, dude, just, you're going to be reintroducing yourself to me every fucking day in about six years. Yeah. How old are you, Rock? I'm 44. Shit, you ain't that fucking old, man. I've had seven concussions. <laughs> and I like to drink. You love to drink. I do, and smoke. Nothing wrong with that. Just living on my life, dude. It's... I would have quit smoking. It's smart to quit smoking. I've had a heart attack and a stroke. Smoking's not in my best interest, but I've been smoking since I was 14. So other than the addictive side and the addictive nature of it, it's I just generally like to have a cigarette. Yeah, I've been so, smoking since about the same age, since about 14 or 15. I don't know. I'll get to where I want to be one day. <laughs> You'd be a good person one day. I think good stretching it. I think good really stretching it. But better. I know a lot. A, be, a better version of me would be ideal. Um, I got a lot of friends that would say I'm a pretty damn good guy. You are, man. I, know I don't. I'm like. You've always been good to me. I mean, when I first met you, I'd only been doing comedy for like two weeks, three weeks. And, um, you were super helpful to me and you've always been that way. You've always kept in contact with me. You've always checked up to see how I was doing or, you know, um, you know, can't, can't hit me up. If you saw that I, maybe I was going through something. Um, you've helped me write jokes. You've helped me write roast jokes that went over really well. <laughs> Here's the funny thing about roast jokes. I've only done one roast and I did, I think I got to the, finals and i lost i don't like roasting people 
and people find that surprising because of some of my contents out really dark right it's just i i don't enjoy doing it at all i'm not saying i'm not good at it i just i don't enjoy it and that's why i generally don't participate in roasts there's been a couple times that i i went to go say a joke and like i kind of felt bad before i went to go say it you know what i mean or like but other than that i enjoy doing it it's fun i love making fun of myself roasting actually helps me to take myself less seriously and to make fun of myself more. Well, you definitely got to be ready for it because you're going to be catching hell. Yeah. Plus, once you have a distinct look, which you have, you know, you got the trailer park Jesus thing going. I look like fucking (laughs) Captain Spaulding. Yeah. So it's just, once you have a certain look about you, it doesn't help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we look like uh, Captain Spaulding and Sherry Moon Zombie. My wife and I did that one year for Halloween, and it got more likes than our wedding photos. (laughs) And I was like, we need some new fucking friends. (laughs) Oh, get another drink. Those are good friends, man. Pretty much. Have you ever written like like a horror story or anything like that? Um... What's funny is before I started doing stand-up, I um, I was doing some writing here and there, but it was more sci-fi fantasy related than, than horror related. It's kind of funny, and I'll catch flack for it. I'm generally not a fan of the horror genre. Really? It's, to me, it's all predictable and boring. Okay. You like more like um, like suspenseful movies? I watch a lot of comedy. I'm sorry if my bottle and my other bottle are going to get in the way here. God damn I, I like, it, you're fucking up the production. This is a professional podcast. Uh, it's, it's not a professional Scott cast. Isn't that what it is? No, it's not a Scott cast. Not a Scott cast. It's a rock cast. So make your drinks. What's up with your podcast? I thought you were starting a podcast, man. Uh, You've been talking about that I, for a while. I know, and I'm going to catch hell over it. It's not where I want it yet. And I know, you know, some people... I got some good friends that are very funny and they have like six podcasts out <laughs> to me. That's like, it's great. You know, just not for me. I, I want something a certain way. Yeah. I release you need, it. You need more. You just need it to be right before you start with it. You want to make sure the video quality is as best as it can be. You want it to be basically the, the, the upper echelon production. Like you see from the professional podcast hosts. As professional as I can get it, yeah. Right. But I mean, as, as far as close as the, to Rogan as you can get it. But as far as the format, you know, I want the format to be where I want it to be. I'm working on two podcasts actually. Uh, one of my buddies from Call of Duty, uh, Beastly Bong Toker, Richard Peniakowski. He and I have been writing uh, a little bit. Is he from Poland? Uh, yes, he is Polish. Uh, he lives in Canada, uh, not too far from the Vancouver area, I believe. But uh, he's a very funny guy, and he and I fucking have people rolling all the time, and we decided we'd work on one of these. And we came up with a, you know, we want it to be not necessarily interview style, but us being able to go back and forth. And then on top of it, we're writing some sketch. And he, I think, we, we did a premise writing session, and we spent about three and a half hours writing one sketch, which is basically gonna come out to be about four and a half minutes long and i think that was kind of a little bit of a shock to him 
So I said, you know, we'll loosen up the format. We'll get this completely written out. We'll do this. And basically it's uh, someone calling a, a, a suicide hotline that's sponsored by Baywatch's uh, David Hasselhoff. You know, you've reached the lifeguard hotline. So between the operator and, and the guy calling in, it's a lot of back and forth, a lot of dialogue, a lot of back history we're getting into. And I think it was kind of culture shock a little bit then to see how much work you'll put in for this much. You're right. And so I said, look, we'll do two of these on the first episode when we drop it. We'll do the one that we sketched out and then we'll do an improv. And, you know, we'll be able to gauge, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like from both. But um, I just, I write a lot, man. I'm still writing some of the sci-fi fantasy shit. Yeah. Uh, ideally, I would love to hit the lottery. Not to be rich, but just so just I have. Just your... What are you doing today? I'm getting up at nine. I'm bullshitting. I'm eating Captain Crunch. I'm going to play a game or two and watch ESPN. Then I'm going to write for four and a half hours straight and then do whatever else I got to fucking do. But it's, I'm writing for two podcasts. I'm writing some sketch comedy myself and I'm writing my material. So That's it's, it's awesome, a lot man. of writing. It's having ADD is the blessing and a curse when it comes to writing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I do know what you mean. Because <laughs> when it I'm, hits, uh, it hits and it's hard to walk away from. Yeah. I think I might freeze for a second. Okay, no, I, I have friends of mine sending messages. I'm getting them cleared out. Sorry about that. You're fine, bud. I'll uh, check. I'll check my phone for a sec. I can. I can run this as a watch party and make people watch it. Fucking bastards! They better be watching this. So why Tool and Zeppelin? Zeppelin, self-explanatory. They're the first band to do everything. Fuck the Beatles. They did fucking rock and roll. They did ballads. They did funk. They did fucking psychedelic. They did blues. They did country. It, it, they're my favorite band. Just Robert Plant, as far as being a vocalist before his vocal cords, you know, of course, after all these years are now shot. Yeah. Was just awesome as shit. And then you got fucking Jamie Page on the goddamn guitar. And then John Paul Jones doesn't get any. Uh, any amount of credit that he truly deserves as far as being a, like a, a musical genius for being able to play multiple instruments and be it's and then bottom bottom on drums just the monster oh, of course but and I, I like tool i just i like the sound i, I really it's nice to it, you know i'm dark anyways i'm yeah. positive in real life and that's the other thing a lot of people think the person they see on stage is the same person that gets off stage. And it's like, right. nah. I say those fucked up things because they come to my head. And I write them. I enjoy fucked up shit. But outside right. of that, like you said, I, you know, the only advice I really give comics is make sure you can be heard and keep coming out. You got to keep coming out, show the love, put in the work. You know, it, you'll get where you want to be eventually if, if you can get talent luck and Commit. work to yeah. all coincide right i love how people don't think luck's involved you think luck exists yes i'm not i mean i'm not playing certain numbers at the fucking lottery 
you know, but I, I, I do believe that there, there is a such thing as luck. It, 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 you get all of those things to hit. Think about the, I mean, right now, what you and I are doing, what you're doing, what all of us are doing as far as podcasts, part, as far as sharing our stand up on, on social media platforms. We're trying to build a following and outside and trying to share. And outside of that, we're trying to get discovered. So, I mean, it's luck if someone stump, you know, of, of importance stumbles across your stuff and sees something in you and will right. give you an opportunity. Hard work, though, you know. Like I said, and talent, natural talent. I think that there's no work without faith, and even, or there's, yeah, that, that faith, faith without works is dead, and that um, even if you were lucky enough to just be handed something, that without the work, without st still being able to put the work behind it, that you're not gonna, you're not gonna maintain it. Right. Work will get you there and maintain it. Talent. You shouldn't be doing stand-up comedy if you already don't think you're funny. Right. You know what I mean? Before I started doing stand-up, I, I was always a fan of stand-up. You know, yeah, since I was a little too. kid, I, just watching. I remember once my parents saying, "Hey, we're going to an adult party." You know, not like an eyes wide shut party, but like a fucking <laughs> you know, adult party. Hold on, tell me more about this adult party your parents took. Was and it at Harvey home. Weinstein's house? I stayed home and I watched Buddy Hackett. I can't remember the name of the special. Sam Kinison. Nice. And Bobcat Goldthwait. Okay. And I just, I, since then, man, I, I've always been all about watching stand up, especially the 80s boom. Because uh, laughter, that was my first addiction, was laughter. Yeah, probably me too. Were you a class clown? Yeah. Were I was a class clown. Were you kind of like anti-authoritarian too to like teachers? Yes and no. I didn't I didn't like the majority of teachers. But every now and then you get that one teacher that you could tell he was the same way when or she was the same way when they were at home. Right, right, right. Like one teacher, if you ever asked to borrow a pencil, he'd tell you to go get it and throw it out of the third story window. Right. Or hey, I gotta go use the bathroom enjoy your morning cigarette you know just a guy that didn't get, i had a teacher like that i loved him to death he was a super cool fucking teacher no yeah but, I, I uh i see what you mean i see what you're saying it's not all teachers are bad <laughs> no man there's it, i don't i think there's a very small percentage of teachers that are bad just like there's yeah. a very small percentage of cops that are bad right but it was like I feel like a lot of comedians were kind of like anti-authoritarian when, it, especially in like high school and school. And if you could smell weakness on a teacher, on an, on an adult, then you would play on it and you would try to make the whole class laugh and, and kind of be on your side. Well, I, I learned early not to be, if you can make the teacher laugh, not just the students, but if you can make the teacher laugh and not get the class too riled up, you were in. You know right. what I mean? You could turn in shit late and, you know, well, they, they learned real kids. quick. Who, they, 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 they learned real quick who I was. You know, I, I, 
creative writing classes, anything involved, like science and math are I'm super weak in. Like I stopped being able to help my son in math and when he was in the fifth grade. It's, it's a combination, the perfect storm of me being dumb and him being so advanced in math. Right. So it's just like, if he was like, hey, I need help with this, I'd look at it and be like, I hey, call your mom. Your mom's helping you with that. I can't do that. It's got letters in it. I think you might be better at math than you realize, though, because I think a lot of writing and creation, especially joke writing, it, there's a certain mathematical nature to it in the sense that it's like problem solving and building your own puzzle. And um, it, it's kind of like algebra. There's variables. It's like you have to solve for why to figure out how to fill the spaces. Does that make sense? Um, no, I understand what you're saying. You're talking... I see it more as maybe there's a formula involved. Right. But I see it. I see it more as rhythm and observation. Okay. There's, there's times I know that I'm having a bad set because my material is not going over well. And then I've noticed when I turn it on the crowd, uh, I get good responses. I don't understand that, but I'm going to keep doing it because it keeps working. Um, so yeah, there, there, I think there's formula and, you know, no one likes bombing, but I yeah. think once I'm in the middle of a bomb, I start laughing. And I'll tell you this. I hate, I hate comics who laugh at their own fucking jokes. I fucking hate it. It's like, all right, you're funny, but you're that funny. You made yourself laugh and you got to hit your thigh with the fucking mic. Quit being a douche and do your set. Right. Um, hitting your, man, I love Chappelle, but that one special that he put out i think it was like him at the at the small room at the comedy store and yeah. he kept smacking his thigh with the microphone like the whole thing uh, all right man there's certain people that are uh, i i don't like comics that i'll see at a club doing right. that there's certain people that get certain preferential uh treatment or they're they're they don't count like, uh, I remember someone, all right, I try to help all comics out. Yeah. I tell them if I like a joke, I'll give them an idea or a tag for a joke. If they're new, I'll tell them, look, you're going to get a lot of advice. Listen to all of it. Okay. Every bit of advice you can get from everyone, listen to all of it, but then only apply what you want to apply. Yeah. Take it with a grain be, of salt. <laughs> be yourself. Make yeah. sure you can be heard and keep coming out. That's the only advice I will ever really give a comic. And I love seeing comics give advice. And it's like, I didn't see your Netflix special. <laughs> so yeah, why, are right, you telling, right, right. why are you telling someone else this or that? I mean, I had comics telling me, hey, if you keep doing the material you're doing, you're not going to get booked. I won a contest. They had to book. me. I actually won <laughs> two contests and they didn't fucking book me the first time. But, uh, and it didn't go well at all. But the uh, I was nervous, and I never really get nervous. And that bugs me. You know what I mean? I want to be myself and make myself work. Now, I realize that there's probably a ceiling to that, and I'm fine with it. But I don't want to, like, if you ever see me booked on a show at a church, shit has gone wrong. <laughs> or you're like 
he'll never get booked on another church show again. <laughs> yeah. Or you got booked at the Church of Satan. Oh, I'm just... I'd perform, but I'd still find a way to even bug them. To piss them off, yeah. Yeah. I know you would. I know you would. (laughs) I don't like religion. I like faith. There's such a huge difference. You know what I mean? I like personal theology, personal religion, personal philosophy, personal spirituality. It's when when things start to get to be organized religion. That's, That's when things start getting dicey. Have you seen some of these fucking psycho balls on fucking national TV? Multi-millionaires fucking blowing the coronavirus away. I can't remember the name of the, of the oh, pastor yeah, who does yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, I'm going to guess 92. Yeah, he looks as old as death. And, and his hair is jet black. <laughs> and it's like, your hair is not that color. <laughs> No, 100%. Your face looks like fucking riding leather. Your hair is not that color. <laughs> Your face looks like riding leather. I just, I, and then the Catholic Church, don't get me started on them. I went to Catholic school. I got a bone to pick. I wasn't touched, but I got a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick. <laughs> I just, I, I don't like or, organized religion, but it, when someone, and, and you've met someone like this that's not a dick about their religion, they don't push it on you. But they're fucking happy. They're always wishing you a blessed day. You know, that person, that's a good person. Yeah. That's what I like. They yeah. know who they are. They talk to God. They don't have to go to a building to do it. They don't get it. They don't have to eat a Jesus Lunchable. Um, yeah. You know, just shit like that. Well, and also not. All right. So say, you know, you and I are friends, but say we were friends that lived closer together, right? And we, and we hung out often. And over time, you started seeing these positive changes happen, happening with me, right? You started seeing me, you know, lose more stress, get more bubbly, become a better person. It, you, would, you would ask after a certain amount of time, well, what is it? What, what have you changed? What have you done? And then that's what I might go. Well, I've been meditating or I've been having psychedelic experiences or whatever the thing is. Um, but I'd be raised- happy for you. But yeah, yeah. Focusing on raising your own personal vibration and just focusing on fixing yourself helps people around you, whether you realize it or not. I'm not saying to do it for that reason. We should all just work on ourselves to be better selves and to love ourselves. But when your vibration starts to raise, other people notice it and then they want to know what's going on. Some people, others want to fucking push it down and suppress it and, you know, kill that sometimes. I just, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting comfortable. And I think once you get to a certain comfort level, that's, that comes from knowing who you are. Right. So I, th- I, I honestly think that helps translate on stage as well. Because we've all seen some, we've both seen someone who's got a clever joke. It's, it's, it goes good with the crowd, but their delivery. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, nah, you're not there yet. Yeah. You know, your jokes might be going over well and, and you're pretty happy with how that's going. And that's great, but you're not there yet. When you're comfortable in your own skin and you can be yourself on stage. Like I said, man, I, I've, 
biggest crowd I've ever performed in front of was like 350 people. And when you do dark humor or fucked up jokes, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it, um, I need more people. The more people, the better. Right. Because statistically, there's going to be, you know, the bigger the crowd, unless you're like performing at a church function, but the bigger the crowd, the more people that have that same sense of humor will be scattered throughout. And you know that right. laughter travels. Yeah, that they, so, they build like pockets. Yeah, you can you can get even bigger laughs on a joke that maybe not that won't normally do well with the crowd, but with a bigger crowd, you know, you get a couple really good laughs here and there. And that's start, you know, that'll at least let other people think that you're not a bad guy. You know right, what I mean, right. you're you're not out there to hurt, but if it yeah. all comes from a place of hey, this is all laughter, let's all have a good time. Yeah. No, uh, I like that too. There is something about that, like it, it, I, I like small rooms for that reason. Like I love doing an open mic in a small space that's full, right? Where people are almost shoulder to shoulder because it it does it's like it, it traps the energy you know what i mean it forces like yes. little pockets and little laughter bubbles and it's like when that guy's over there laughing his ass off it just makes you laugh a little bit more so yeah. now like you said you have a bigger crowd now that's up to your chances you got more of those those one guy now you got 20 of them scattered throughout and they're building right. those little pockets around them those little gravitational pulls of laughter well You've watched God knows how much stand-up just like the rest of us. You've seen someone hit the stage, whether it's on TV, it's a regular, it's, you know, it's a big show, it's a little show, little theater, big theater, bar, whatever, or you've seen someone live where they do a joke, they get a medium laugh throughout the whole crowd, but like two or three people are like almost in tears. They're very loud with their laughter. Over the course of that guy performing or that girl performing, if she's doing that same similar material, it, it you know, that, that stuff's going to carry. But I mean, Snowball. I really enjoy that one distinct laugh, the person who got it, you know, right. on that level. I, you know, you connect with that person. Yeah, I love that too. I love that too. Um, I, I I always, I, I love laughing like that. Like you said, you know, you love laughter, but I love being just in, in on a joke. That's just such a stretch. You know what I mean? I, I love being yeah. that last guy laughing and I'm always, so I'm always going for that when I'm performing comedy, I'm always trying to look for that. How can I make it to where there's only one person that's with, you know what I mean? That's with me at the end. Yeah, but you don't want that one person just to be that one person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still kind of cool because you at least made like one fan. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't mean like the end of the show, but at least like at the end of certain jokes. Like you just keep pushing the topic until you know, only that one guy could follow you and keep up. Uh, running a joke into the ground so much it becomes not funny and then you keep doing it and then it becomes funny again. Kind of, yeah. Just just digging and digging and digging. I, that, that's that's kind of my writing style. I'm always just trying to get to that next layer. 
um and how can i make this more fucked up how can i make this more silly like how can i make this more absurd where how can i misdirect it to just not even north you know how can i misdirect this to a different dimension right i like um i really like tosh and zach galifianakis i think are good tosh yeah references for what i'm trying to explain no um, i i get it i i know exactly what you're talking about because uh, he'll go into a set and they'll be telling the joke and this, he'll stay with the joke and it's getting this laugh and then he'll bring up something completely random that has nothing to do with it like because otherwise how are you going to satisfy the demons that kind of shit yeah yeah i, I like that too it, it's to me that's when you go from dark to silly and that's another way to show the crowd hey this dude's not just a complete prick he's just, right. just really off yeah and if you can find a way to balance those two that's that's really what i've been trying to do what i've been working on toss and jeselnik Segura and uh, Tosh Jesenik Segura and Burr. Those, those are the guys that I really like. And I'm Chappelle. excited to hear Burr's uh, coronavirus jokes. Oh my God. I, I, I've written no coronavirus jokes because really? I know that once this ends, it's going to be oversaturated. Right. And, and everybody's already just done hearing about it. Well, I mean, that's all we fucking talk about now. You know what I mean? It's you know how are you doing during these trying times? Right. Paper. <laughs> it's right, like, right. It's like man, who gives a shit? There's other shit going on. And also, what are you gonna do if I say no? I don't have toilet. Are you gonna bring me toilet paper? No, I did drop my wife's car off at the shop today with a roll of toilet paper in the back, and I hope it's still there when it when they fix it. Nope. It's I don't want to be that guy that's like, hey man, you know, I need to talk to a general manager. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna carry them over some toilet paper over toilet paper yes toilet paper and liquor everything else i pretty much don't give a shit about don't is fuck with my rum don't fuck with my ability to wipe my ass is that because you get the shits when you drink rum no that's why i drink it i i drink three things i gave up beer um at one point i weighed 265 pounds I'm down to 218. No, 212. Uh, unfortunately, it's all still in my gut. That sucks. Um, but no, it's just rum and tequila. Tequila, if it's going to be a wild night. I always have good tequila stories. And uh, fireball. I don't touch beer anymore. because It just, you know, you never hear anyone bragging. Hey, man, I Things got wild last night. I had 24 bottles of water. You know? <laughs> so, I like liquor's Jameson. a cheaper drink. Jameson? Jameson's not bad. I put that in my coffee. But usually if, if I'm, like, partying, like, I, I want to be tripping. That's that's my thing to do. I like to take acid. That's it. You and I just going to differ there, man. That, that's not for me. You never liked psychedelics? Did you ever try psychedelics when you were younger? One time, that's all it took. And, One time. You know, I, and I did it, you know, in a stupid environment. You know, let's go out in the woods and do this. So that was not cool. You know, for like three hours, I was running through the woods, seeing everything, how the predator saw things. And I'm like, ah, not for me. I don't like it. Yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. And then, you know, it sucks. A lot of people have opening experiences that are 
not enjoyable like yours or um, people that hear stories like yours and then just don't even want to try it. Uh, it's just enough. It's not, it's not for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, someone likes drinking white Russians, not a lot right. of people, but someone does. Yes. People definitely it's do. Just, I like white just, Russians. Not, it's not for me, man. Just not digging it. Nothing's wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you get out of it what you need to get out of it. Yeah. You know, you went down that path of addiction as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I used to be a heavy crack smoker. All right. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I used to smoke a lot of crack. I, I quit. I started the comedy in March 2018. I quit smoking crack in June 2018. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of a, a, a niche crowd you'd be performing in front of. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in front of a convenience store. In front of a convenience <laughs> store. I already look enough like uh, Jason Muse. So I, I'm concerned about people that say shit like, I'm going down to the convenience store to pick up some ribs. It's like, <laughs> uh, I'll, 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 mm, gas station sushi, you know, shit like that. I'm sure some of those places, like we got two places out where I live that their chicken is the chicken to get. Royal Farms has some bomb-ass chicken. When you're the only white guy at your job, you're still very hesitant to ask someone where the best chicken is. You know, because <laughs> it's like, ah, I don't take this personal. I just want to know. <laughs> but I got a question for you, since you All said right. this is my cast. Yes. You got to do something that I have not gotten to do, and that's like travel to perform. I came up to Fredericksburg, and I performed it hard luck or hard times hard times like twice or three times and i did the comedy zone once and, and those were enjoyed i had a lot of fun i've gone up to richmond uh mccormick's on a wednesday night i think it i can't remember if it's every other week i think it's i went there week. once i went to richmond i really i really enjoyed that room that's my kind of room um but you've gotten to actually travel where have you gone other than fredericksburg where you, cause didn't you go to like Bowling Green? Yeah. So I went to Bowling Green, Kentucky and Paducah, Kentucky. Okay. So Kentucky. So Paducah is like in the Northwestern part of the state bordering Illinois. And, okay. uh, um, so I, I've, a lot of my, a lot of the community I built around myself on Facebook is through like, uh, Facebook groups. Like, so for right. the church, the church, what's happening now, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I, I I'm still like, waiting, still waiting to hear from Uncle Joey, by the way. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, so, so I met a bunch of people through the church, what's happening now group, really. And okay. someone invited me, actually the guy who runs the group, him and one of his childhood friends both invited me out to uh, Paducah, Kentucky. That's cool. So I took a Greyhound out there. I, I paid for the Greyhound. They gave, you know, uh, Zach let me stay in his house. And then I, you know, partied with them for a couple of days and did my open mic. You know, they, they really wanted me. They, they were just trying to help me, you know, uh, get myself out there. And they wanted to see me live. So they were like, hey, if you get a bus ticket, 
I'll help you out with everything else. I'll foster. That's you. cool. That's very fucking cool, man. Yeah. Um, and then I actually think Bowling Green was the first plan that I made because um, I don't remember. But uh, so this guy, Adrian, a friend of mine, Adrian in Bowling Green hit me up and said, hey, you know, same deal. I got I want to see you do stand up. I got a place for you to crash, you know, wall party. Um, come to Bowling Green when you're in Kentucky. So I went to Paducah out west and then came back to Bowling Green, which is just north of Nashville. Um, that was a fucking amazing time. I met the lead singer, Cage the Elephant, and partied with him for like hours. Um, I met all these great people, man. I, 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 have like a, I have like a friend group in Bowling Green, Kentucky, I, and I went back again later that year, and I went back last year. I want to go this okay. year too. I, Let me I know. Like actual I'll like go with you. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, you so want to take a Greyhound either? Yeah, yeah. I know. I got my van too, so hopefully I can just fucking crash in that. But um, but yeah. So I was t- I was basically I had a lot of people that were like, "Hey, I want to see you do comedy. If you come here, you can crash. Just get a bus ticket." So I would take Greyhound buses to Kentucky. Um, I went up to Boston and did the podcast with Joey. Yep, I know Joey. I've been on it before, uh, twice. He's a good dude. Yeah, and I bet uh, I know you guys had a lot of fun when you did that podcast because your humor oh, yeah. aligns very much. I like fucked up people. What can I say? <laughs> I like fucked up people. I like to get fucked up, do fucked up shit. <laughs> but um, and then. So what happened was, is this guy trees us. He was traveling the country. My phone's at 1%, dude. Hold on. Let me run into the house. You can keep talking. All right. So um, I met trees us because he was, you know, he was traveling doing tree work and he was making content doing podcasts. He saw that I was doing all these things too. Um, You know, tree work, traveling, doing comedy. I wonder if Rock's still there. I hope Rock's still there. His phone might have died. I think Rock's phone died. That's all right, because I'm hungry. I'm going to unplug this. Come on, Rock. I think we lost rock everybody i think what i'm gonna do just end this stream i don't know should i put my headphones on and eat chick-fil-a i don't know if rock can get back into the stream or not man that was really good talking to him trailer park jesus it's actually motel moses that was the first name that rock bestowed upon me you guys like chick-fil-a the fries are soggy now fuck all right I'm ending this.